Hello, preview review listeners. Uh, just a disclaimer for this episode today. We're recording live from the zoo. Um, my girlfriend and I are currently pet sitting for uh, the, the holidays. We're recording this over the Thanksgiving holiday weekend at the zoo. And we had a dog here earlier, but he went home today, and it made me sad because I became really good friends with him. But we're also pet sitting the zoo, a guinea pig at um, the zoo. Her name is Luna. She loves to eat parsley, and she's in a cage on my kitchen table about at the zoo. 10 feet away from, from us at the zoo. The microphone. So if you hear any rattling or, you know, she kind of squeaks a little bit or some things, it's just Luna and she's just doing guinea pig things. At the zoo. Um, she's probably chomping on some parsley right now. So thanks for being here, Luna, in our studio audience. In the zoo. Anyways, welcome to another episode of Preview Review, the movie trailer podcast where my co-host, Ryan... That's me. And I, Tyler, That's discuss... You. That is me. We discuss some of our favorite... Zoo topics. No. Like... The zoo the... segment is over. Ryan, that was supposed to... That was supposed to be like it was recorded separately. Now they know that this has been one take so far. But 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 but. Oh, God. Okay. Anyways, on this episode, we like to discuss movie trailers for upcoming movies, so well, you we know... we like to discuss that every episode, Tyler. Oh, did I say episode? I meant yeah. on this podcast. And this episode is no different, baby. Except for we're live recording from the zoo. It's just Luna. She's a zoo creature. Okay, when was the last time you went to the zoo and saw guinea pigs there? This is a very common household pet. It's like going to the zoo where there's, like, cats and dogs. But people have snakes as pets, and they're at the zoo. Yeah, but, like, not boa constrictors. I don't know the snake people's lifestyle. Anyways, today we're going to be breaking down some good trailers and some, and some not good trailers. trailers. But first, story time. Okay, so, well, as I mentioned, it's the Thanksgiving weekend. Today is Saturday. Yep. And it's the last day of November. That's so weird. We're nearing the end of the decade, folks. But when you're listening to this, it'll be Oh, much it's already going to be December, <laughs> but, you know, it's fine. Anyways... So yesterday was Black Friday, and we did not go shopping, but last night I did go to the movies. Oh, me My too. girlfriend and I... Oh, you spoiled the story, Ryan. I didn't know where you were going with this. Last night, my girlfriend Wait, and I... I didn't go Black Friday we, shopping. I didn't. Well, you said we. Well, I was referring to my girlfriend and I, who the story is about, and you're not in this story yet. Oh, okay? okay? So just sit back and wait for your turn. Okay, so right now in the story, I'm Black Friday shopping at Best Buy. Uh, I don't know where you are. Yeah, because I'm looking at the Blu-ray deals. Okay, anyways, my girlfriend and I finally decided that we're going to go to the movie, and we're going to see Jojo Rabbit, okay? I saw that months ago. It looked really good, and I just didn't take the time to go see it, and I was finally hyped to go see it. So, we go to the theater, and we get our candy, and our our icy, and our soda, and then we go to get our seats for the movie, but they're still cleaning the theater because some people decided to sit till the very end of the credits of the showing before us, and they couldn't go in and clean the theater. So we were like, fine. So we just sat and waited. So while I'm sitting there, and we're just waiting, and I like text Ryan really quick, and I'm like, oh, like just like I'm finally having time to go see Jojo Rabbit tonight. And then Ryan's like, oh, cool. My fam and I are going to go see a movie right now. We're going to go see A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. And I was like, oh, cool. And he says, are you going to the AMC in La Jolla? And I said, yeah, we're there already. And he says, I'm in the parking garage. And Ryan and I coordinated, and we found each other in the movies. 
without even going together. We were just there at the same time, even though Ryan's movie didn't start for another half an hour. I was there earlier because I went Best Buy Black Friday shopping. But then, because the, the parking structure is connected to both the theater and the Best Buy. So, Ryan and I should have taken a picture when we found each other. But we see serendipity. each other so often. We so we can post it on the Instagram to relate it back to this I didn't know you were going to tell the story. I didn't know I was going to either. I just kind of rolled into it. But I'm glad that I did. Because now everybody knows that when we're not hanging out regularly as friends or as podcasts host, we can also just run into each other. Well, it also shows everyone how dedicated we are to cinema. And even yeah, when don't I saw plan, Jojo Rabbit like a month after it came it out. It doesn't matter. You saw it while it was still in theaters, and we both wanted to go to the theater individually, apart from each other, and we ended up going to the theater as a collective, even if it wasn't the same theater. So, just to let you know, we are legitimate movie podcasters. So, speaking of Ryan going to the movies, Ryan, you have seen movies recently... Ye- that we previously talked about on this podcast. True. So, please tell us what you saw and what you thought of them on this episode's edition of Ryan's Review Roundup. Alright, strap in. Yeehaw, here we go. Movie number one, Honey Boy. This was a really fun experience because Tyler and I took a road trip that wasn't revolving around seeing Honey Boy up to LA, but we just happened to see Honey Boy while we were up there. We made it part of it. And it was a lot of fun going to see this movie with my buddy Tyler. Other than that, the movie was actually really good, and I enjoyed myself and the time I had seeing Honey Boy. Honestly, I feel like going to see Honey Boy was, like, almost equally enjoyable part as the other thing that we did up in L.A. Like, that trip was not complete without either of those elements. True. Both of them were equal parts of our fun time. Yes, and if you want to know the other part, get to know us in real life. We know all our listeners are local, except for you Canadians and Chileans that somehow listen. I don't know. Yeah, if you're our one listener that we've had in the nations of Chile or Canada... Do you think they're the same person? Thank you. They could be. Wow. Is it more likely that they're the same person, or more likely that there's two different people from those countries that both listen to our podcast? I honestly don't don't know. know. Um, What else did I see? Funny Boy was good. Next movie... Um, Frozen 2. I really liked Frozen 2. Had a good time with it. The music isn't as good as the first one, but I think the story is better than the first one. So if you're more of a music person, you might not like it as much. But if you're more of a story person, you might like it more. What else did I see? Um, oh, I saw 21 Bridges, which was better than I expected it. I also saw Queen and Slim, which was just as good as I expected it to be. And... It was more character-driven than I thought it would be, and less focused on its heavy thematic elements, and more focused on building these characters up in their circumstances, which I enjoyed. I also saw A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, and it was also really good. I really liked Tom Hanks' portrayal of Mr. Rogers in this more supporting role, and I enjoyed how he was... I really enjoyed how they structured the film, and how all the actors in it just did a great job. And this has been Ryan's Review Roundup. So you mentioned you didn't like the music in Frozen 2 as much as the music in Frozen 1. No, but all songs are still good songs. But I need to know exactly what you think of each one of them. Ryan, please present your thoughts on the Frozen 2 songs 
in a ranked list. Oh my gosh, I'm so unprepared. Let me switch apps and look at that list that I didn't previously prepare. There are eight songs on the Frozen 2 soundtrack that are like original songs for the film. There's more on the soundtrack because there's like the covers by Casey Musgraves, Weezer, and Panic at the Disco. Those there's don't like count. Songs that have, like outtake songs Those that were in really the movie. Don't count. And at one point, and we're not in the final cut, and there's like other like takes and score and songs. They don't but we're talking either. about the main, the eight main tracks from the soundtrack. Cool. Number eight. Reindeers are better than people continued. It's barely even a song. Number seven. The next right thing. It's sad, and I don't want to listen to it because it's sad. <laughs> Number six. When I'm older. It's an Olaf song that stops the film and it's not even as good as the other Olaf song in the first movie. Number five, All Is Found. I dig its folksy vibe, but mainly it's just there to introduce this other part of the movie that happens. Number four, Show Yourself. The more I hear it, the more I think it's a Christian gospel song. Number three, Into the Unknown. I like hearing little kids sing this. <laughs> Number two, Some Things Never Change. It's a good song that gets you right to up to base with where all the characters are at this point in the movie. Number one, Lost in the Woods, Straight Banger. Tyler, have you also ranked these songs? You know that I already have a numbered list prepared. Here we go. Number eight, Hard Agree, Reindeers are better than people continued. Let's just say I'm glad that Jonathan Groff got a different, better song in the sequel. Number seven, The Next Right Thing. It's a good song. Kristen Bell does a really good job of like voice acting this song. But there are lines in this song from a children's musical film that says, Darkness, I'm ready to succumb. And this has a gravity. It pulls me. To, it, it's too much. I'm sorry. I told you it's too sad. Number six, All is Found. Oh, that's close. It's to good. Friends. And Evan Rachel Wood is a good singer. But it's not as good as everything above it on the list. That's the only justification I have. Number five, some things never change. <gasps> it's a banger. It's fun to listen to and sing along with. But it really, in the like plot, just sets up like, this is where people are at right now. And it doesn't like really drive the plot forward. It just kind of is like, here's what people are doing at the beginning of this movie. So I don't think it's as good as the things that follow it. And also Adina Mend... Oh, sorry. That's just her actress name. Elsa is just moody out of nowhere. There's not that's really... her character. There's not really anything that, like, sets her up to feel that way. And that's just my, like, only gripe about the movie. Anyways, number four, Lost in the Woods. Sorry, <gasps> it's not as good as you want it to be, Ryan. It's Just because Weezer did a cover of it, and that's one of your favorite bands, doesn't mean that it's the best song on the soundtrack. I honestly it's don't fun. know which one's better. It's fun, and the 80s power ballad, like, music video aesthetic in the movie is creative and interesting but if you want to think say that the olaf song stops the plot then this one definitely stops the plot of the movie but i had more fun with this one <laughs> number three is olaf's song when i am older i love this song and i think it's fun and it's like a relatable young adult meme song because it's like yeah everything's going to make sense when i'm older right and then you turn 18 and the first presidential election you vote in donald trump gets elected and you're like no nothing makes sense when you're an adult this so i have no idea what's happening in my life anymore and finally number two well finally the last the top two songs are both Idina menzel's songs because she's an amazing singer and she's the best part of the movies but i've ranked them as number two is into the unknown and number one is show yourself mm. because show yourself into the unknown is like 
whatever the second let it go or whatever but i like that show yourself is a nice emotional landmark for elsa and lost in the woods isn't for Kristoff. no it is though it's the turning point of his relationship where he's thinking he literally sings that song and then is like not in the movie for the next like three minutes and then just comes in at the very end that's an issue i have with the movie but it's not an issue i have with the song (laughs) No, but I'm trying to explain why I like Show Yourself better than Into, Into the, the Unknown. Unknown. And, like, I think the vocals are comparable, but I just, I don't know. It's like the climactic song in the film. Like, it just reaches that, like, next level of... You know, all these songs are good songs, you know? Every ranking well, is just as good all of them except for Rangers are better than People Continued. Well, it's barely even a song, and it's an intro to the best song on the soundtrack, so I'll let it slide. According to your list. Um... But at least there was no troll song. Did you listen to the outtakes yet? I haven't. Is there a troll song in the outtakes? No, but I was also just going to see if you had a hot take about which one of the outtakes were the, was the best. It's also that the Olaf song. Does Jonathan Groff get a second song? I don't... Oh yeah, he does. Is it as good as Lost in the Woods? No, it's not. So it's a worthy cut. But the outtake Olaf song is like a whole song that he does and i'm assuming from the lyrics and stuff it's like a show within the show like he's doing his own performance of explaining why he doesn't melt anymore like why he doesn't need the snow above him it's called unmeltable me and it's like done as like a like broadway review type of show and it's fun and great is it better than um his real song no it's not when i'm when i'm when i'm older is better okay i'll have to give it a listen even though that check out the next episode of preview review where we spend another 14 minutes ranking the outtake songs from frozen 2 oh that sounds fun i wonder if there are any outtake songs from frozen 1 probably probably like a like a okay this is a new opening question that i'm just making us have time for now we have time if you could put in like a song that you would want from frozen 1 like put in a new song in frozen 1 what would it be wait what? I don't understand the question. Sorry. Just make up a new song that goes. You into want me to write one. a fucking song? No, like right just now? describe what it is. Okay, we could, Oh, it's definitely a Hans villain song. Yes, exactly. It's a. But what is it? It's a love is an open door reprise. Ooh. Wait. Where does it go though? Does it go like when, when like, he? No yes. One ever when he's in the when they're in the room and he locks her in and he sings like a minor key love is an open door reprise. Ooh, what if it, he, it's a different song and it's like, love is not an open door. Love is, and then he does it. Like, what metaphor. is that Disney, like, there's a Disney movie where they take, like, a happy song. It's, um. Don't they do it in Tangled? Like, Mother Knows Best, and then she, like, does evil well, stuff. Well, Mother Knows Best, the first one's still a villain song, so it doesn't really count. Okay, but um. It's, um. They do it in The Muppets Christmas Carol. No, it's, Carol. um. But it's not a villain. It's freaking Aladdin. Prince Ali reprise. Oh, that's like not done. in the new Aladdin. Like, no, but the, the original Aladdin one. Sucks. But like, you know, you take like a triumphant, like happy song and then uh-huh. you minor key it and make it like the villain song. Exactly. I think that would work really well in Frozen. Yes. Um, but then at what point does Hans turn into a giant heartless that I have to beat <laughs> in Kingdom Hearts? The 3? other answer is also obviously just a better like Kristoff song because Jonathan Groff only got to sing for like less than a minute in Frozen One. And it's a travesty. That's true. What if they made Love is an Open Door less of like a poppy fun song and more of a romantic ballad and gave it to Kristoff? Uh, oh, he does the reprise. Yeah. Instead of it becoming a villain song, it's now like, here's when it was 
sung by the real bad guy, and then here's where it's sung by a person that actually loves her. Wow. Well. Disney, call us. It's okay. You can put the extended edition on Disney+. Plus. Let's get started with our first trailer of the episode, Spies in Disguise. This movie comes out on December 25th and is directed by Troy Queen and Nick Bruno. Who are they? It stars Will Smith. Oh, well, they haven't done anything before this, so well, I don't know. I've never heard of him. But them. it stars Will Smith. I've heard of him. Tom Holland. I've heard of him. Rashida Ooh. Jones. I've heard of her. Ben Mendelsohn. I've heard of him. Reba McIntyre. I've heard of her. I'm Reba. And DJ Khaled. I've heard of him. Oh, he's in the Pitch Perfect uh, 3? Yeah. Yeah. And he's a great actor from Pitch Perfect 3. Wasn't he also in, like, Ugly Dolls or other some other thing like that? I don't know. I didn't see that one. Anyways, Ryan, tell us, what's Spies in Disguise about? Alright, well, you got your classic archetypal great spy dude in Will Smith. And he's like, I'm hot shit. I'm a spy dude. And then you got Tom Holland, who's like, I'm a whiz kid, and I work for the spy company. And I'm going to make a new thing that turns you invisible. It's going to make you disappear. And Will Smith is like... Yeah, but then he accidentally turns Will Smith into a pigeon, and now Will Smith is a spy, but he's stuck in a pigeon's body, and hijinks ensue, but they also have to stop the evil guy. Yeah, I think that this movie gets perfectly summed up by a literal direct quote that Will Smith's character says in the trailer. In the trailer, Will Smith's character states, there's a bad guy that I have to stop, and now I have to stop him. While I'm a bird. And that's the movie. You know, this movie sounds like it would have entertained seven-year-old Ryan. But this movie does not seem like it has any value or merit in today's cinema landscape. I just, yeah, I don't, I think this movie is just a diversion um, from the truth that pigeons are actually government spies. This is a growing phenomenon on the internet. You can look it up. Birds aren't real. Pigeons are just manufactured surveillance drones that have been spread out by the United States government. And I think that it's just now when people Google like pigeon spies, it's just this fucking Will Smith movie that'll come up (laughs) and not the truth. But then is Reba in on this conspiracy? They've all been paid off by the government. DJ Colin, Reba McIntyre, Ben Mendelsohn, all of them. Wow. They're all on the payroll. Well, we know Reba. Who, who's she going to play in this movie? Is, you think she's like... A Tom li- Quain and Nick Bruno. You know, I've never heard of them as directors because they're really CIA directors and FBI <laughs> directors. They're government agents that are posing, that are using wow. Hollywood, the sedation of the masses... To placate us and keep us from knowing reality. Interesting. But then, Tyler, this this movie's based on a short film called Pigeon Impossible. Was it a short film or a book? No, it was a short film. Can we watch that one instead? It doesn't star Will Smith, though. Who is his star? I don't know. Quick, cast Pigeon Impossible. Alright, the Will Smith character is actually being played by Jude Law. Okay, and the tech kid is now... The other Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire. Okay, and Reba's character is still Reba. Who is she? We don't know, but Reba's always... Okay, and Ben Mendelsohn, the bad guy, he's being played by Jude Law as well. Oh, a dual role. I love it. We love to see it. Yeah, but see, that's why they took this movie that was full of Jude Law, and they go, we can make it better. 
and instead of whitewashing it, they did the opposite. Well, okay. Let's break down this trailer a little, <laughs> a little bit more. So there's a couple trailers that exist for this movie. The first one that I think is actually the best one just sets up like Will Smith's a cool spy dude. Tom Holland comes in. I'm going to do this tech. And then I can't tell if like the tech works like it's supposed to or if it doesn't work like it's supposed to. I think it works like it's supposed to. I don't know I don't if he was Will planning Smith... to turn him into a pigeon the whole time. I think he was, but I don't think Will Smith was knew like... that it was a pigeon. Yeah, yeah. It was like he was pigeon. using like generic language like, you'll be invisible. And Will Smith thought, well, I'll be actually invisible. And Tom Holland's like, no, you'll be invisible because nobody notices pigeons. Because they're government agents. Yeah. Okay. So anyways... So Tom Holland like introduces himself, and then like Will Smith does the tech or whatever, drinks the thingy, and then turns into a pigeon, and then that's like the end of the trailer. And I think that's the best one because it just sets up the premise. And you're like, "What well, hijinks will ensue?" And it doesn't have that bogus line about like, "Now I got to catch the bad guy while I'm a bird," because it's like, "Yes, that's how we understood this entire plot was going to go," because that's the only trajectory that you put yourself on. But then there's the second trailer, and it cuts out a lot of the humor that's in the first trailer, and decides to go for more plot. And it has a different version of the la 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 song, but it's not as good. And they also drive an Audi e-tron. Yeah, there's like weird animated product placement, which is yeah, just a strange weird. thing in and of itself. Um, like, there are products that you could animate and include in a movie, but a car like a would not be one of them. kind of car. Yeah, no, that's not working. But then it like, very quickly glosses over the pigeon thing, and then you see like, Pigeon Will Smith doing spy things, and then you also see like Human Will Smith again doing spy things, but with Tom Holland's character, so we know that he doesn't stay a pigeon the whole time. So it just kind of ruins the, the plot of the movie, or at least really messes with the chronology of everything. So yeah. I don't know. The things that look good about this movie are Will Smith and Tom Holland. I think they're doing exactly what they were hired to do, and I mm -hmm. think they fit their roles well. Everything else doesn't. The other no, there's one other thing about this movie that looks good. Oh, the law. And that is no, that sounds good. Doesn't look good. The oh, thing that okay. looks good about this movie is that when Will Smith turns into the pigeon, you know he's wearing the suit like a tuxedo oh, because that's what spies always wear. And when he turns into the pigeon, the pigeon still has the bow tie imprint on, like the coloring of the pigeon's breast has like a little blue bow tie on it, and that looks really good on screen. It does, but I think the worst thing that I've seen through this trailer is when Tom Holland hugs Pigeon Will Smith too tightly, he pops out an egg. That's the end joke of the last trailer, and it just confuses me, because do male pigeons lay eggs? Wait, so Tom Holland not only turned Will Smith into a pigeon, but also gave him a sex change? Yes, and then they're all really ashamed about it. But if it's a pigeon that's supposed to just lay eggs, it's a natural thing that pigeons do. Yeah, I've never understood that, like... I feel like this is a joke that has been commonly used in, like, children's animated films, and that is, like, bird laying egg equals pooping. And that's how they, like, make, like, they play off the joke like it's a poop joke, but it's, like, a lay the egg but joke. But birds also But it's not poop. the same thing. Yeah, exactly, and it could just be a poop joke. And, you know, if you get pooed on in your eye by a bird, that's good luck. Henry Golding's character in Last Christmas taught me that. Well, so having that tie into nothing else, <laughs> I think it's time we move on. The what's, second trailer that we're discussing on this episode is a much better trailer for what will surely be a much better movie. This is the trailer for 1917. Ooh, the year of our Lord, 19,017? Well, it would actually be 1,917, but thanks for I playing. Said. This movie will come out on December 25th, Christmas Day. You can head straight to the theater and watch a film directed by Sam Mendes, who has directed Skyfall, Spectre, Away We Go, 
and The Revolutionary Road. This movie stars Dean Charles Chapman, George McKay, Mark Strong, Andrew Scott, Richard Madden, Colin Firth, and Benedict Cumberbatch. All the British white guys. Yep. All of them. All of them. They didn't miss one of them. So this movie's all about World War One, and one of the main characters has a brother that is in need of like assistance. Like they're in a battalion. Their battalion needs reinforcements or something. They're going into a like battle. Like they're gonna go confront mm-hmm. the German army, but they the main like headquarters or whatever has received intel that they're being led into a trap, and so these two soldiers by themselves need to go on this quest like through the German lines. Mm-hmm. To go warn these people that they're to call off the attack, because they're set to go attack the Germans, but they don't know that oh, they'll but be just completely trap. obliterated. Okay, yeah. so it's all about the journey though in this film. He's yeah. running. He's got to get messages across places. He's with his friend. It's and like then... a, the two buddy like soldiers crossing all this terrain, and there's like a folksy song playing. Mm-hmm. It gave me total Fellowship of the Ring vibes. Yes, very Lord of the Rings. Well, I guess Two Towers more so, because it's like just kind of Frodo's It's the whole thing. story wrapped into one. Well, and All it wasn't like J.R.R. Tolkien like inspired Lord of the Rings while he was fighting World War One. so maybe... Yeah, I learned that in the movie What Tolkien. if all of a sudden this was just J.R.R. Tolkien, like a... Like Surprise! A competitive J.R.R. Tolkien, Tolkin origin story. The brother they rescue is J.R.R. Tolkien. And then he tells him about this journey that he's had with his friend to rescue him. And J.R.R. Tolkien says, I'm going to write a similar story, but they're both going to be short. And he goes, you encountered Benedict Cumberbatch? He's going to be the dragon. That was Hobbit, not Lord of the Rings. Come it's the on. same author. Yeah, but it's a diff- that's a different story. Doesn't matter. It's all in one here, baby. Anyways, don't let our sidetrack jokes affect you. This movie does look really, really good. It does. It looks like it's going to be a gritty retelling of what actually happened in the trenches of World War One, like the dirt and the grime of this modern warfare at the time being like so sophisticated and brutal, but also like a heartfelt connection story between two brothers and having a reason for the audience wanting this character to like succeed other than just like yeah the british were the good guys in world war one yeah but the characters like this movie at least the trailer alone doesn't get me to like really be like oh these performances look great or these characters look great to me like the movie the trailer really sets up is the technical aspects and successes of this movie like the cinematography looks fantastic the sound design the like scenic design like all that stuff i think is primarily showcased the dialogue and the character, like, besides the the mood of, like, this kind of, like, buddy journey, the character elements aren't really set up as well as I would hope that w- they would be in this trailer. It's more about saying, like, hey, doesn't this film, like, look really impressive and don't you want to see this on the big screen? Well, I think the trailer does a really good job of setting the tone of what this kind of film's going to be. Like, it's going to be a long, tough journey, but, like, it's going to be full of heart. I feel like that's what that song conveys. Yeah. Um... And it's a great song to us. I wish we knew what song it was, but we didn't do enough research. Um, but then it also shows all these great British actors that you know are like going to be giving great performances just because of like their past work. And you go, wow, they got Colin Firth in this thing. They got Benedict Cumberbatch in this thing. They're good actors. But it's interesting because they don't show Mark Strong, Andrew Scott, or Richard Madden. Maybe they're the Germans. But you already said they're British white guys. Why would they play Germans? Because... Andrew Scott plays a really good bad guy. It's true, he does. But yeah, this movie looks really impressive. I mean, the final shot in the trailer is so impressive where it's like this kind of like 
steady cam pan out and the soldiers running away and just the whole field is just getting bombed and it like zooms out and it's like in within the numbers like block numbers of 1917 the shot goes like behind them behind the numbers and like fills in the numbers so there's like you don't get the full shot it's like do you out. think they're gonna do that in the actual movie? I don't think so. You don't think they're just I don't gonna think... out nineteen seventeen? That's how it ends. And, no, then for the rest of the movie you have to watch it through the numbers. I hope not. <laughs> that would ruin the movie for me. Totally take it out. Sam Mendes, what were you thinking? I like the title choice for this movie as well. Like nineteen seventeen. I hope that most Americans know that that is like a year that World War One was happening, mm. and I think it is like, oh, cool. Like this is like. World War One movies don't get made as often as like That's World true. War Two movies or like Vietnam War movies, so I think it's like cool well, that it's like trying to. Would you have preferred it if this movie was called like The Great War? Because that's what they called. World War yeah, War. maybe I don't or know. The War I think it's a good choice. Wars. I don't know. Sometimes when there's numbers and movie titles, I'm like, who cares? Math. I'm here to watch movies. Okay, well then you will not have seen any of the movies that are in our next game. That's not true. I've seen Lady and the Tramp too. The one with their kid. This game is all about movies with numbers in the title. I love math. I actually like math. Here's how this game is going to work, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are lots of movies in the world that have numbers in their titles. 1917, 1918, and 1919. What if this became trilogy. a trilogy? Ooh, that'd be kind of cool. It works backwards though, 16 and 15. Oh, it's a prequel. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I'd like that <laughs> as much. Anyways, what I'm going to do, Ryan, is I'm going to read you... The cast list for a movie that does have a number in its title. All you gotta do is tell me what the movie is called. Okay. If you get stuck, I'll give you what the number is that's in the title. And that should help you out. Okay, okay. I think I get it. I'm ready. Okay, here you go. I'm realizing now that I wrote this based off of a Wikipedia page that had it listed numerically in order. So now I have to mix up the order of the questions that I wrote down. Or you're going to know that the next question is definitely a bigger number than the question Quick, I just asked just you. Just do it in your head and we'll edit this part out and no one will know. Nope, they have to know. Alright, I'm just going to pick a random number and we'll start with that question. Okay, here we go. This cast includes John Cusack, Tuetel Giafor, Amanda Peet, and Thandie Newton. Who was the first one again? John Cusack. John yeah, not Anne, Joan. Not Joan. Okay. John Cusack doing with Key West. I don't even know their names. They've never met. <laughs> they filmed all their scenes for this movie completely separately. Neither of them was on set at the same time as the other. I have no other. clue who Amanda Peet is, so that's not helping me. Uh, I think I need the number. Well, this is a little difficult, Ryan, because the movie title is only the number. Oh, this is a flaw in your game. Um, um, let me think. Is it... It's a four-digit number. Does that help? A four-digit number? Okay, so like 1917. Yes. But it's and not it, 1917. But it is also a year. Okay. Oh, 2012. Yes, the disaster movie about all of the very real events that happened. I haven't seen this movie. On December 21st, I just knew John Cusack was in it. <laughs> Who's Amanda Peet? Some like, blonde Andy actress. Newton? I don't know. Wit? And did that movie? I'm sorry. Yeah, she played the president's daughter. The president was Danny Glover. Okay. Did you see this movie? No, I just read the Wikipedia page okay. when I made this movie, or made this game. Okay, here we go. This movie stars Jack Black, 
Michael Sarah, Olivia Wilde, and David Cross. Year one? That's correct. Yeah. I haven't seen this it's movie not either. Good. It looks bad. <laughs> okay. You're doing well. Not really. You have 50% right now. You've got one wrong and one right. What? I got 2012 right. Oh, you did get twenty-twelve right. Well, but I had the took, clue. Yeah, you took a long so time. So it's like right. a half point. So I'm at one I'll count half. it. You're doing well. I'm yeah. sorry. I thought you wouldn't get it, but you did pull it out. All right. Next question or next movie. This film stars Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, and Dolly Parton. Nine to five. There Come we on. go. I should have started with that one. Easy into it. Easy. How about this one? This movie stars Paul Walker, Tyrese Gibson, Eva Mendez, and Ludacris. That's like any Fast and Furious movie. I'm going to need the numbers. That's, that's going to give it away. I, I can't just randomly guess a Fast and Furious movie. You have to. No, it's the numbers. Is it? Okay, if you're not going to give me the number, I feel like I should get two guesses then. Just make a guess, dude. Okay, you know that's not the first one because the first one nope. doesn't have a number in it. You know it's not the third one because the third one's Tokyo Drift. And the fourth well, the third one, one doesn't have a number in it either. Exactly. Neither does the fourth one. Um, but the fourth one has Vin Diesel in it. So you know it's the one from the early days that doesn't have Vin Diesel in the cast. Oh, I thought you were just like strategically choosing not to like. No, it doesn't Vin have Vin Diesel in it. Oh, then that makes it easy. Too fast, too furious. Yes. There I you thought go. you were just saying. No, I would. Of course, I would include Vin Diesel if he was in the movie. I didn't know. Can't I thought leave I was, him out. Thought you were strategically trying to trick me, and you're like, really? It's Fast and Furious Six. Was Paul Walker in that one, or was that after he died? No, he dies in seven. Oh, okay. He's not in the fate of the That feels like that was longer ago, but okay. All right. The next movie stars Jessica Chastain, Jason Clark, Joel Edgerton, Mark Strong, and James Gandolfini. Jessica Chastain, Mark Strong, The Sopranos guy. Who else is in this movie? Joel Edgerton and Jason Clark. When did they all come together? Um, okay, can I have the number? Yes, the number is zero. Zero? Well. Zero dark 30? Yeah, it could also be 30, I, I guess. Thought, I, was like, I just realized that there's another number in this title. I was like, I think it's zero dark 30, but I'm like, he only gave me one number. I haven't seen mm. this movie, so that's a blind spot. You know, it's okay. I didn't know the Sopranos guy was in it. All right, finally. The last movie. You've gotten them all correct, right? Yes. Yeah, but it was a bumpy road. <laughs> I'll say. The last film on this game stars Matthew Perry, Leslie Mann, Zac Efron, Thomas Lennon, and Michelle Trachtenberg. Is Zac Efron the star of this film? Maybe. Is this 17 again? <laughs> it is 17 again. <laughs> it's a fun movie. I remember watching it in theaters when I was about 17, and I enjoyed it. I feel like I was younger than 17 when this came out. I might have been younger. I said it round. Who knows? But it reminded me of that movie that was like on TV all the time. Where they did that, but it was with a woman. 13 going on 30? No, it was a black She grows up in that one. Oh. I think it was like a Disney Channel movie. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, it was with Tia and Tamara. Twitches? No, no, no. But they were old and they got young. I don't know. If you know what I'm talking about, please tweet me. Let us know. <laughs> we'll look it up after this, but... 
But this is how we get fan engagement. <laughs> don't expose us. We don't need fan engagement. We have so many fans, right, guys? To all of our studio producers in the booth right now. Because we're very successful. And we have an engaging podcast. <laughs> I love how we ended on 17 again. Yes. Because. You know, if that movie was on a discount bargain, then I might buy it. But I wouldn't buy it for full price. Okay. <laughs> um, what's our next movie that we got to talk about? The next movie we're talking about, Ryan, is a film called Just Mercy. Oh, this is the one where Michael B. Jordan's the lawyer and Jamie Foxx is the, like, person. Wrongfully imprisoned. Well, they never person. tell you he's wrongfully imprisoned. But we know the story. I don't know the story. Oh. It says it's based on a true story, but I don't know the story. Oh, well, I looked it up and he's oh. wrongfully imprisoned. Okay. That clears up so many things in my mind because I was like. Michael B. Jordan's a Harvard lawyer. Wait, wait, wait. Who directed this film? Oh. And also, it comes out on Christmas as well. December 25th for the Jews. Directed by <laughs> D- Dustin Daniel Cretton, Cretton, who we have a connection to because he's an alumni of the college of we the are alumni, that we're alumni of. of. Yeah. So, Thanks. this could have been us. If it was, if we, we went to any school that's larger than the school we went to, this would be like, okay, but it's a pretty significant connection because our school is small. He's the one who made it. Yeah. This could have been us, Tyler. We could have been hanging out with Michael B. Jordan and Jamie Foxx and directing a film about injustice. We could have also been hired to direct uh, Shang-Chi, a Marvel Oh, we film. could be rolling in the money. Instead, we're just rolling Destin, in this baby. podcast money. Burr, 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 burr. Oh. <laughs> um, but Dustin Daniel Cretton has directed two films previously, Short Term 12 and The Glass Castle. And it, this movie stars um, Michael, Michael B. B. Jordan, Jordan Jamie, Jamie Foxx, Fox, um, what's Br- Brie, Brie Larson. Larson, and who else is in this? Oh, Tim, Tim Blake Spalding. Oh. Nope, nope. Tim, Tim Blake, Blake Nelson, Nelson O'Shea Jackson, Jackson Jr., and Rafe Spall. Who's Timothy or, Spall? Uh, <laughs> I think I was thinking of Timothy Spall. Yeah, well, he's Timothy Spall's son. Oh, that's the connection. And he's a lot more conventionally attractive. That's true. How did he create that? He's always <laughs> ugly. But sometimes they play up the ugliness, like for effect. I don't know if they do. Because sometimes he can look quite dapper. Like, I saw him in Harry Potter and I was like, wow, they did a really good job making him look like so mousy and like cunning. But that's his face. But then I saw him in Sweeney Todd and I was like, I guess it kind of fits the character, but I also feel like this is just who he is. <laughs> anyway, so in this movie, Michael B. Jordan's going. He's a Harvard lawyer. He goes back to his small town and... Decides to take on the case of a criminal who's on death row yes. with the help of Brie Larson, I think, as like a paralegal or something like that. She like runs this like company or something. No, I think like... she's like a paralegal in his office. Like, but she's they have like, like this, oh, I want to a go. law office, I think, that yeah. she has, and she like wants to help him. No, I think that but shot like... was like her coming to them, like I want to work for you. Like I'm already like she's like I was already in before you offered me the job. Like I'm already oh. want to help you like fight for justice in this. I thought he was coming community. back, and this like law firm was not doing well. But then, like, he came in, and now she's like, we're going to get all this press, so I'm going to take him. Well, it's one of the two. But, like, she's also in for the cause, because she sees the injustice. Yeah, and then we see, like, Michael B. Jordan doing, like, his due diligence as a lawyer to go visit, like, the communities and get people... He's a good like, guy. Yeah. He, he's getting, like... Like, get people's statements and things like that, like, to build a case mm-hmm. to help 
overturn this guy's conviction and the whole community just being like we've never seen a lawyer care about people on death row like you do and jamie fox is also saying that he's like at first i scoffed you off because i thought you were just going like who like not give a shit about me but then i see you're actually doing the work and caring about my family and my community and me so let's do this thing and let's go to court and have my day yep so this movie's called just mercy and this is where i was thinking before you told me you looked up the case i was like Michael B. Jordan saying, like, he needs mercy. But then that's, in my head, I'm thinking, like, mercy is, like, something you give to someone when they don't deserve it, right? Right. Like, so maybe he doesn't deserve it. Maybe he actually did the crime, but then you told me he didn't. So that destroys my but theory. But it's, it's just mercy. I don't think that it's, like, just as an only mercy. I think it's just as in, like, just. Like, oh, like justice? Ethically right. Oh, so I So he's giving, he's been given his just mercy. Like, he is owed this mercy... Oh, because he Because didn't. it's the right thing okay, to do. Okay, that makes way more sense. Because I was it's thinking... It's kind of was a like, double-on... Just give this guy mercy. You know, I thought that's what the title was just going mercy. <laughs> also, do they let inmates have razors in prison? Because Jamie Foxx has a big bushy mustache, and it looks like it's a flashback scene. But then we cut to him in prison, and Ooh, his mustache is much shaven. gone. Yeah, I'm sure they can shave in prison. But, like, isn't that, like, bad to give up? potentially violent person like a razor i don't know but then like whenever you watch all these cop like prison don't stuff, they have like prison barbershops things things like that oh like um in, in like Orange is the new black. black yeah that's true hmm really makes you think that's what this movie is trying to get you to do to think about like the prison system yeah and whether or not there's a barbershop <laughs> yes um this movie looks good i think i really like short term 12 Glass Castle got kind of like rocky reviews because people just kind of, I didn't see it, but the reviews I read were like, people just expected it to be better than it ended up being. But I think that there might have been a weird disconnect between like adapting, because Glass Castle and Just Mercy are also both like real life memoir books. Oh, this is a book too? That are adapting. Just like yeah, story. so this is a true story and the lawyer, Michael B. Jordan's character in real life actually wrote this book called Just Mercy and... So I think they some of the glass... the same name? They didn't, like, change? No, they didn't change their okay. names. And same thing with Glass Castle. So the Glass Castle, I think, like, that book in itself had, like, a weird... Like, the criticism of Glass Castle in the movie was that it's, like, the ending and resolution was rushed, and I think that might be a problem that it's, like, with the book, and mm -hmm. he had no other choice but to adapt that. So well, yeah, I guess if like Just Mercy the book is good, life. then Just Mercy the movie will be good, I'm hoping. So we just have to hope that history was good. <laughs> And that this lawyer dude Wrote was a also good, a good, good author. Lawyer. Wow, what are the odds? Can you be it, a good lawyer and a good It looks good. Um, and I think it'll be primarily a performance-driven film from Jamie Foxx and from Michael B. Jordan. And I think both of them have the capability to deliver powerful performances in these roles. So It's true. Well, Ryan, shall we move on to the final trailer sure. of this episode? I mean, I guess, yes. We really don't have any other choice. Unless you want to talk about the trailer that we just talked about. All over again? again? Well, my favorite thing about the Just Mercy trailer is it says, This Is Us. And it made me think about the TV show This Is Us. Oh, I haven't seen any of it. Oh, it's on Tuesdays on NBC. Mm. But, then boom, boom, boom. but then after it took the us and it put the US of just. And like the J and the T came in and then it said mercy. And Ooh, like, JT, Justin Timberlake. Ooh, 
the entire movie's just soundtracked by Justin Timberlake songs. Does it make this movie better or worse? Probably worse. <laughs> I sure hope it makes it worse. Like, Jamie Foxx just walks onto the stand and they play sexy back. <laughs> like... It's just like the intro. I don't like intro. Boom, 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 When Michael B. Jordan visits the family, they play Man of the Woods. Oh my god. <laughs> and then, like, the final emotional like, climax of the movie is just mirrors. Ooh. It's like you're my mirror. Oh. oh. My man, my back of me. Alright, so Like a Boss like is a movie it. coming out on January 10th. Oh, we can't. Directed by not Miguel talk about Arteta, this. who has directed movies such as Duck Butter. Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day, and Cedar Rapids. This film stars Tiffany Haddish, Rose Byrne, Sama Hayek, Jennifer Coolidge, and Billy Porter, and it doesn't look good. This trailer plays in front of every goddamn movie that I go to fucking see in theaters, and I'm so tired of it. It's not good for multiple reasons, but here's what it looks like happens. Tiffany Haddish and Rose Byrne are like empowered women that run their own makeup brand company. But they're in debt. But, hey, we're being boss babes and killing it. It's like, oh we're no, in we're in debt. <laughs> oh, hey, look. Selma this Selma Hayek executive she makeup buy us. person. Yeah, will give us a million dollars. Okay. Oh no, she just wants to steal our product. We have to fight back. And eat ghost peppers. And, and hilarious hijinks ensue. But first, Selma Hayek tells us we have to fire Billy Porter... And, and it's the we only have to good scene in the commercial. Witness my tragic moment. And then he puts his hands on the windows and looks all sad. And if this movie had more Billy Porter in it, I think it would be better. There's a couple of other good jokes in the trailer that I think are potentially redeemable, but the, the framework of it is the goat throat. And it's also the when like for some reason, I don't even understand the context of it in the trailer, but they're jumping in the pool, and Tiffany Haddish throws her wig off, and then one of the white ladies goes, that's not her real hair, and then the black friend goes, it, it's a cultural thing. Really? Because I thought that was one of the worst jokes in the trailer. Really? Yeah. Oh, I think that's one of the best jokes. No, I thought... It would be so good in a different context, I, I thought, think. oh gosh, I feel like everybody knows that, that that's a cultural thing, and like, but I think it it's wouldn't still be surprising. To make fun of white women for not knowing that. Okay, maybe. It, but in this trailer, it doesn't do it well. All, every joke in the trailer is like also very disconnected between yes, like very lots choppy. of very poorly written exposition. And then like, which is what makes it feel so dancing. gross and bad. Like Rose Byrne just dancing to. And it opens with weirdness. not a good joke too. The also, why is dream sex better because they come when you want them to? Heyo! Like it's like a very weird like she's doing stand up while brushing her teeth <laughs> delivery. Like it doesn't make sense. Also like. If you go and watch this trailer and you're watching a movie that's like rated PG or something, they edit that line in the trailer. They say, uh, because they finish or something like yeah. that when you want to. Yeah. And it's like... You can't say the word come. Because when I hear it, I'll know if it's C-U-M or C-O-M-E. Well, they're talking about sex, so they're obviously talking about semen, Tyler. Okay. Yeah, both of those ladies ejaculate. No, the men come when they oh, want to. Oh, that's right. They're talking joke. about the men. That's the whole point of the joke, Tyler. You're right. Dang it. I totally didn't understand it. It's a good <laughs> joke now. And I don't want it to seem like we're tearing down like oh, Tiffany Haddish are, and Rose Byrne. Because, because they have made bad movie choices. Like, they shouldn't have signed up for this Tiffany shit. Haddish, I think, is a funny comedian. Rose Byrne, I love some of her film performances. 
but like, like in Jexy. And like this movie should be better with them in it, but it's just not. I just don't think the screenplay is holding up for them. I feel like this is just a movie everyone's here to get a paycheck. Even the director, he's done better work in the past. Yeah, Duck Butter, his most recent it. film, is like, I haven't seen it, but I know that it's like a critical indie darling that stars Elias Shawkat, and it's like, why did you go from that to this? I don't Everyone's it. just here to get money, but it's... None like, of them needed though. Like, it, no one why are we in this phase money. with like Tiffany Haddish trying to be in like so many well, movies before she's like forty or yeah, whatever? That's like, apparently her goal. She I wants just to be in like forty movies before she's forty or something. I like just that. don't get it. Like, so she takes anything you offer her. So I get that. She, it's just her thing. Rose Byrne, you you have other things. I'm sure like Leslie Mann is doing something. You can go do fun things with her. Um. Leslie Mann doesn't make these kind of horrible movie choices. Learn something from her, Rose. I don't know. It's just, it's very disconnected. Like, that is the biggest thing that I would say. I, I think in multiple ways. As we said, like, in the trailer, the jokes are kind of disjointed from one another, and the exposition's choppy. But also, I feel like it, the whole thing is just disconnected from, like, the era in which this film is being released. The title is Like a Boss, which was, like, a popular phrase like almost a decade ago. Um, with the Andy Samberg Lonely Island well, video, which was good. Well, it will be a decade ago in 2020 when and this movie comes exactly. out. Exactly. And then, like, that phrase kind of spawned off its own meme, and it was, like, the early, like, Rage Comics memes that were, like, does something like a boss. And it's like, okay, that was fun when I was 12, but now, like, why is this the title of, like, an adult comedy film that's coming out in 2020? It, like, does not make sense. The other thing is, like, I just don't feel like, and maybe it's because I just don't get this exposition fully in the trailer, but... Their issue that she's stealing their product doesn't make sense to me because here's what she says. I'm gonna give you a million dollars for your company, okay? But that's what happens, and then they're like, "Oh, she stole our product. Like she's advertising it like it's her product now." That's what happens when a company gives you a million dollars for your company. Like their the product you make now is advertised like from their company because they gave you the money to make the product. Maybe they were hoping it like was she like, just a bailout? Maybe they were hoping it was like a Disney Pixar situation where it'd be like Selma Hayek's name first but then their name second, but they don't even get the second name. They're upset about that. Hmm. She's just saying it's a Selma original. But still, you have to know what you're signing Honestly, up for. Honestly, for a million dollars, you can take any original concept I come up with and put your name all over it if you pay me a million dollars. It's like, true. Every episode of Preview Review can be yours. For, for the, one million. Low, low cost of one million dollars. I don't know. The tone is weird. The jokes seem jumbled up, and they don't always land. I've seen this trailer so many times, and the only reason I laugh is because I've seen it so many times, and it's so ridiculously bad. And I laugh at I the also... Billy Porter scene because it's genuinely good, but no one else in the trailer or in the theater reacts. But I've gotten to the point where I clap with Billy Porter, where I witness his tragic moment. I also like I laugh in the theater when I see this trailer when other people in the theater laugh at the trailer, and I'm like, "Why are you laughing at this joke? It's not good." And then the very last joke of the trailer is the ghost pepper joke. 
But they're not even eating ghost peppers. No, it looks like a It's like bell a red pepper. bell pepper. Red bell peppers are spicy. The least they spicy. could do is use an actual ghost pepper in the scene. They could just swap it out when they have to eat it. Like, I don't... like digitally make it look like a ghost pepper. Yeah, it doesn't even look close. Like, they're, they're red and skinny, like they are, but these peppers are very smooth, which is more like a bell pepper, and the ghost peppers are all, like, crinkled because it's been, like, whatever they were fermented and makes it spicy. their audience to have this much pepper knowledge. <laughs> I guess not. And then, and like the setup for that joke doesn't even make sense because like what? What? the what? chef's what? telling them use only a little bit, it goes a long way. And then Tiffany Haddish like just goes ahead and puts a lot into the thing and then eats it. And it's like the joke isn't set up that she was like making that for somebody else to eat instead, or that she didn't hear them to say like use only a little bit and she or used that a lot. She's, like like cocky, there's she's no like, I can handle spice. It, exactly, it doesn't set anything up. It's just like this, and then she does the exact opposite for no apparent reason. And that we get exactly what we expect. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This movie looks bad. Um, but the more I see the trailer, the more I have fun with it because I'm laughing at it, not with it. And as I've said, I think there are some elements in this film that are salvageable. So, Ryan, this leads us into our final segment of the episode. Mm. We uh, are like going, a boss segment? We are going to fix like a boss. We're going to fix the whole movie. We're going to fix the trailer. We're going to make it make sense for 2020 and be at least, like, we're not trying to make this, like, an Oscar or a Golden Globe nominee, but we're trying to make it, like, a decent, like, Rose Byrne level like comedy film. Like a level of, like, isn't this romantic. Something yes. Something that seems good and passable. Yes. Not, like, garbage. Yes. So. Okay. First step, we'll take change turns. the name. Yeah, that's exactly the first thing. Like a Boss doesn't make sense in 2020. It's got to go. What's the new name? The new name is... My tragic moment. <laughs> I don't know what the new name is, but it's not like a boss. You could do something else with like, like that relates to it being like a makeup line or I don't know. Let's see. Um, makeup money better than like a boss. <laughs> and I came up with that in two seconds, and it's other shit. But it's not like a boss, so it's better. New movies called Makeup Money. Next step. The next thing you do, you gotta change Salma Hayek's character. Okay, it's antiquated. This doesn't make sense. We all know that if this movie's coming out in 2020, and it's about women breaking through in the beauty world, you need to have, like, a YouTuber, Kylie Jenner-esque oh, head so of this cosmetics company. Salma Hayek's character doesn't make sense for this being released in 2020. And this movie was coming out in, like, the early 2000s, fine. But it doesn't make sense. You want to make it relatable to the time in which this movie is entering the zeitgeist, you need to adjust that character and make it a different type of, like, influencer, beauty guru... Like Jeffree Star okay, type that could mogul. Be funny. If we had a you... young, like female, like lead of a company, and she has to bail out these two like thirty something. Exactly, it creates that different generational dynamic, and you, like it might lead to some of that like boomer humor of like, oh, this is why like the millennials don't that, know how to run a company. That's okay, but I though. think it's it's, it's interesting than... to make that like the villain of the movie when they're like younger than. And outsmarting the adults yes. because they know the ins and outs of the industry more than these adults do. I think that's a more creative approach and helps it fit in with this time period that's being released more than like this weird Sama Hayek and like making a joke about her making a joke about her plastic surgery boobs, which is like every joke in the mid two thousands. Yes. So this young internet mogul will be played by whom? Has to be. I don't know. You could do like an Anne Hathaway, but that might no, even be too old. old. That's too old. Yeah, Younger. you gotta go for like a twenty-something. Like um, go Disney Channel, young. Like 
Do we get? Um, oh, I don't think Disney Channel. Knows, what's her but name? like an Anna Kendrick Debbie era. Ryan. Like what? I, what? Britney Snow or like any of the other like some of the other girls from Pitch Perfect? Maybe not Anna Kendrick. I don't know. They're too old. I think. I know. I think you gotta go for like the mid twenties. Yeah. But I think the thing is, you want them to look really young. It doesn't matter if they are young, as long as they look really young. And the people in Pitch Perfect, by the end of Pitch Perfect three, they were out of college, and that's too old already. They need to be like looking like they're seventeen. That's true. So I'm gonna say maybe we try and get like Dove Cameron. What do you think about that? She was in uh, that Disney Channel show, and then she was in Agents of Shield yeah. for a little bit. Okay. Sure, Dove Cameron. She. It's she, already better than Salma Hayek. She okay. would sign up for this movie. Money, makeup, money. Next. Next step. How okay. do we make? Next step is we have to the trailer better. Oh, the trailer better. Yes, to make the trailer better, we need to make the plot make sense. We have to understand that these people didn't know they were giving away their intellectual property. Yeah, or, like, what about it? Like, how are they being duped? That's why I'm saying, like, I think if you change the Sam Hayek character, you can get more creative, like, the ways in which she's able to, like, kind of pull the wool over these ladies' eyes and, like, like get them to do something in, like, the terms of service that they don't... And she just well, clicks yes. Okay. I don't That's, know. like, it's, a little boomery, but it's this, better than nothing. It is. It's better than nothing, and they have nothing in the trailer. And they are boomers. Are they going to read it? Yeah. I mean, millennials don't read it either, but... I mean, that was kind of the premise of Jexie, wasn't it? I guess, kind of. <laughs> Whatever. Roseburn can do it twice. What, what else are we doing? What's next? Um, the starting joke of the trailer needs to change. I like that it shows not that they're living sex. together and that they're like friends. That's a good thing. But I don't like that the trailer almost ends with, I would marry you if I was into Coochie, because it feels antiquated and almost homophobic. Yeah, that line is cut. Um, we could say, what well, they have a better line in the, like, cleaner version that it ends on. Do you remember what that is? I don't remember what it is. I don't either. We didn't do much research because this movie, we've seen the trailer 17 times, but we haven't seen the edited version that much. And I don't think you can But yeah, I just think the, I think, I just think the jokes need to like be contextualized a little bit more within the trailer Mm -hmm. to help them make sense. Like set up, I'm like, you don't have to have as many jokes. I feel like there's like a joke, like quota that this trailer is trying to get, but you can like have like maybe seven funny jokes in this trailer and be done. But this one, this trailer feels like I have 20 jokes and like mm-hmm. two of them hit. Yeah. Let's see. What else do we need to change? We need to put more emphasis on Billy Porter. He only has one great scene in the trailer, but I want to see more. I'm sure he has funnier scenes in the whole movie. Like, we got to use him. I don't think he does. You think he's only in that scene? No, I think he's in that movie, but I think that's his best scene in the movie based on the quality that I'm well, getting from this trailer. I mean, I'm just saying, I, I'm sure he has. Other moments in the film that are better than what is already included in the trailer. Then the other, yeah, probably. Yeah. So like maybe spice it up, add more Billy Porter. Yeah. Um, fix the ghost pepper scene. Do we even have it? I don't know. We can cut that whole thing out entirely. And uh, the planking when she's like gonna die in the building. Maybe she actually falls because physical <laughs> and dies. Funny. No, actually she, dies. Wait, she says, "I'm sorry if I die on you, white lady. What if she kills the white lady oh my instead?" God. Or you just see the white lady going to the hospital on a journey, and she's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> that already sounds better. <laughs> I think we've done it, Ryan. We have fixed. Oh, I don't like think we fixed it. I think we've improved it, but I think it still has loads of work to go. <laughs> um, yeah, it just genu- genuinely feels like a film that's disconnected from when it's being released, from itself, 
from its stars. I from don't think it director. utilizes Rose Byrne and Tiffany Haddish nearly as well as they've been utilized in the past. Not even <sighs> Selma. Sad. Well, that's what we have to look forward to in 2020, Tyler. Yep, it's not looking good. Well, there's always a little bit of hope on the horizon. Even if your 2020 looks bleak, I hope there's at least one tragic moment Billy Porter scene that you can look forward to. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. Have to bring a glimmer of hope to everything you do. Look for the silver linings. Find your tragic moment. Well, not like the actual tragic moment, but like the equivalent yes, of the tragic moment very, scene like, in the Like a Boss trailer, which would mean finding the best moment within a ton of shitty moments. Yeah. So when we say find your tragic moment, it's kind of confusing, but you all know what we mean. Find your tragic moment. If it helps, we can say it like this. Find your tragic moment. I think that helped. Me too. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for listening to another episode of Preview Review. It's been a blast. This has been so much fun. It's almost the end of the year. Luna's been really good. I don't think she's made very much noise this whole time. I don't know, but we have to keep going with the gag. If you forgot, remember there's a guinea pig that's about 10 feet away from us right now. And also, during a break while recording, I found out that Ryan's slightly allergic to guinea pigs. And this seems like (laughs) I've been torturing him for the last hour. It's okay. I'll be fine. This is fine. Um, so join us next time on Preview Review. I think we're nearing the end of the year. Next episode will be our 2019 year-end recap. That's our plan. We'll do the previewees, our big awards the show. Previewees. It's going to be fantastic. The reviewees. So we'll see you there. The Ryan and Tylerees. We'll figure out the name. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Preview Review. And you'll be notified when new episodes come out. And there might be some social media surprises. If Maybe. either of us gets our butt in the gear and actually produces any social media content for that account. It's been a while. It has been. But before we go, Tyler, I have to ask you, what was your favorite trailer of the week? Oh my gosh, now I'm the one who forgot. Damn yes. it. So what was your favorite trailer of the week and what was the movie you're most looking forward to? Um, 1917 and 1917. I feel like it's far and away the best trailer and movie that we talked about today. I'm very excited to see the movie. And I think the trailer look like actually looks very, very good. Looks like a fantastic movie. I agree with you on both accounts. Uh, Just Mercy also looks good, but the 1917 trailer looks better. And I'm more excited to see that movie. And I had the most fun talking about Like a Boss. Oh, yes. that's <laughs> But but that doesn't get it any That's points. true, but... Yeah. That doesn't mean it's a good trailer or no. a good movie. So congratulations, so, Sam Mendes. You did it. You made Skyfall, you made Spectre, and you won this award. Yeah, he directed Skyfall and Spectre, and the trailer of 1917 only says director of Skyfall, so he must have not been very proud of Spectre. Or the studio is worried that people would not go see a movie called 1917 well, from the director of Spectre. Like, I feel like you might as well put both of them on the trailer, because, like, some, like I feel like people will see, like, Skyfall and be like, I'm interested, and there might be some people that see Spectre and are interested, but is anybody going to be like, well, I would be interested if it just said Skyfall, but now that I know that he did both Skyfall and Spectre, I'm no longer well, maybe. interested. Then what like, is that? You're saying, oh, Skyfall, great movie, I haven't seen either of these, but this is what I hear in the cultural zeitgeist. Skyfall's so good, and Spectre is a disappointment, so that means he's an uneven director, and I don't know what I'm going to get in this film. If it mm. just says from the director of Skyfall, I go, I liked that movie. And I didn't know that he directed both before we started researching for this episode. So, 
they did a good job with that marketing because I was like, he directed the good James Bond movie that people liked and not the one that came after that people didn't like. But he did both. I didn't even know that people didn't like Spectre. I don't I, know. I, I never I saw it. Is that it had like a Day of the Dead skeleton. But I did see Skyfall and it was good. So it got me hooked, I guess. I saw Casino Royale and it was good, but he didn't direct that one. No, he didn't. I saw Quantum of Solace and it wasn't as good, but he didn't direct that one. Oh my gosh, Ryan. I'm just realizing that we have a... A review roundup that you didn't mention. What? We've seen Knives Out. Oh, Knives Out. And we talked about that trailer and we have not review roundup it. So we'll have to do it together. Knives Out is fucking amazing. It's so good. It's a lot of fun. Um, All-star cast. Great subverting your expectations like Ryan Johnson does. but In a good way. And fuck off Last Jedi haters. haters. Go see this movie. It's a great time. Um, also follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>